The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast and are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Game Win Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Rice Show, and I'm actually going solo for this pod. It's currently Saturday, January 28th, and it is time to go through the men's final in the Australian Open. And I know initially the plan was to potentially have a guest on. Unfortunately, that fell through, so I'm going to go through it solo. But before I should get into any of the breakdown between the Djokovic and Tsitsipas match. Do want to recap how we did on the last podcast. And we had no errors because Sam and I each swept to go through my picks. I ended up having Kashanov over one and a half breaks of serve at minus 150. He had two in the first set, finished with three. He lost the match, but not my problem. So a nice winner there. And for the dog, I had the alternative under. In the Djokovic-Tommy Paul match, I had the under 29.5 games at plus 110, and that ended up cashing. As for Sam, Sam had the under 30.5 in the Djokovic-Paul match, which cashed as his lock. And for his dog, he had the over in total breaks in that Kashanov and Sissipas match, and that was plus 120, and that cashed there easily. There were... I'm trying to remember five. What were there? Uh, four breaks of serve in the first set, I think. And then the rest took care of itself. So we both ended up sweeping. So can't complain there. But a very good tournament overall for Sam and I. And hopefully um, we'll keep rolling here. But to look at the actual semifinal matches in particular, I will give my brief recaps of them. So Paz ended up winning in four sets against Koshanov. Should have been in three but then Paz choked away the third set. He was serving for the match, shanked the overhead, and then he also had two match points there in the tiebreak, and those came and went. Kashanov hit the line on the second serve and the final forehand, and that ended up resulting in him staying in the match instead of losing, and he ended up winning the tiebreak a couple points later. But Tsitsipas responded immediately broke in the first uh, service game of Kashanov in the fourth set and coasted to a nice 6-3 win there into the fourth. So nice job by Tsitsipas to get through and to go through the actual stats for that match. Tsitsipas was really fantastic for pretty much the entire match besides the slip up there in the final couple games of the third set. But to look at the actual breakdown, Tsitsipas had 18 aces and five double faults. First serve percentage of 70, and he won 82% of his first serve points compared to 65% of uh, Kashanov's first serve points. So that was really the story of the match. Anytime you win 17% more on your first serve points, you're going to win a lot of matches, and that's what happened. And to look at the actual breaks here, Tsitsipas uh, only faced four break points in the entire match. He unfortunately failed to save three of them, but he still ended up uh, serving well throughout the match. And Kashanov faced 12 break points, saved seven of them. But Tsitsipas was constantly in his service games pretty deep. A lot of deuces, and Kashanov was really under pressure a lot. And he was able to get out of it sometimes, but other times he wasn't. 
And when you were serving as well as Sissipas was, uh, you really couldn't afford any slip-ups. And that, unfortunately, did not happen for Kashanov. So back-to-back semifinal losses in Grand Slams for Kashanov as he lost in the U.S. Open and the Australian Open semis. But good run for him, though. And hopefully he'll be able to break through potentially to a final at some point. But unfortunately, not this time. So Sissipas, uh, I mentioned the overall... Uh, performances that uh, are just solid overall play that he had. I also should mention that his first serve return points was 35% compared to Kashanov 17%. So Sitsipas was really seeing the ball well, and he looked he looked very sharp before the nerves kind of kicked in there at the end of the third. But did a great job there of overcoming some potential adversity, and maybe Sitsipas of previous years would have folded after punting that third set. He did not. He just simply put it in the rearview mirror, kept moving forward, and he ended up winning comfortably. But speaking of winning comfortably, Djokovic won in straight sets again. What else is new? Really a weird match from the first, I'd say, hour. And then after that, it was just smooth sailing for Djokovic. But it looked like it was going to be an absolute murder about two minutes into the match because Djokovic immediately got up uh, got up a break to start the actual first set. And then it was very weird because Djokovic not only went up one break, he went up two breaks. He was up 5-1 serving for the set. And we thought, all right, you know, this is kind of what we expected. And then Djokovic had a serious lapse for about 15 minutes. And I'm not sure if it was leg-related, if it was energy-related. He was shaking at various points in the match on the changeovers. So he might have had some dehydration issues, but suddenly 5-1 up two breaks became 5-3. Then it became 5-4. Then it became 5-5. So he lost four straight games, including two uh, serves where he got broken serving for the set. Then he held at 5-5 to make it 6-5. And then he broke. So it ended up being 7-5. Djokovic won the set, but it was pretty weird to see Djokovic punt the 5-1 set lead and end up having to break again in order to actually win the set 7-5. So at that point, I was a bit nervous for the 29.5, but I forgot, of course, this is Djokovic we're talking about. And the match was over after that because Djokovic, after winning... Sorry, so Djokovic, after losing the game at 5-4 to make it 5-5, Djokovic won the next seven games. He went from 5-5 to 7-5-5-0. And then he ended up winning the second set 6-1. Then he immediately broke again twice to start the third set and won 6-2. So Djokovic really just put on a clinic. And Tommy Paul in the post-game presser, post-match presser, basically said there was nothing I can do. Djokovic is just too good at the game. That's indirectly what he said. He said he had a game plan, couldn't do anything for it because Djokovic was just hitting the ball too deep and was too consistent. And to go through the actual numbers here, Djokovic did struggle a bit with the first serve percentage at 62%, did win 75% of the first serve points and 54% of the second serve points, did have to uh, face nine break points. He saved seven of them. But the point is, Paul was able to get into his service games somewhat regularly and the only thing that really went against Paul is the fact that Djokovic got into basically every single one of Paul's service games, and Tommy Paul failed to save seven out of 11 breakpoint chances for Djokovic, and that was the story of the match. But the first service return points were just stupid. Djokovic ended up uh, winning 48% of... I mean, that's just so wild. To win 48% of your opponent's first serve points is disgusting. And Djokovic was all over him. So the returning was great. The movement was fine. 
occasionally seemed like he had a bit of a flare up there, but it looked like it was actually the other leg, which was kind of weird. So Djokovic had a bit of an adventure with injuries or health issues throughout the match early on. You wouldn't have been able to tell from the scoreline, though, because the last two sets were just a destruction. But besides a 15-minute window where Paul won four straight games, Djokovic dominated the rest of the match, and you could argue that it should have been like 6-1, 6-2, 6-1. It could have been that bad. But Djokovic has been absolutely cruising, and now he's looking to tie Nadal for the most Grand Slam titles, again, with a victory against Tsitsipas. While Tsitsipas is looking for his maiden Grand Slam title, I will give Tsitsipas some props, though. I've been hard on him in the past uh, because of the fact that he's been a very volatile player and the emotional tantrums that we saw at Wimbledon and the fact that him and his father and his box and all that other argument stuff where he hit a tennis ball at them during a tournament last year, which was weird. But there's a lot of drama that might go on between Tsitsipas in matches and just some emotional issues. But I will give him props. He brought Felipousis into his coaching group, and they immediately lost in the first round of the U.S. Open to Golan, and that was an embarrassing loss there. But the first Grand Slam after that embarrassing showing, he made a Grand Slam final. So I got to give him props for being able to right the ship relatively quickly and for being able to make it to the final. Now, of course, you know, this is going to be the toughest opponent he's faced. It's a guy that has owned him throughout their careers to go through the actual head-to-head. Djokovic has really, really been dominant against him. On the bright side, Tsitsipas did lead the head-to-head 2-1 to a while back. The problem is, after he was up 2-1, to one, Djokovic won 9 straight, and now the head-to-head's 10-2 Djokovic. So, Tsitsipas has not beaten Djokovic since 2019, back in Shanghai. That was a three-set match on hard court. Since then, Djokovic has mopped the floor with him. Tsitsipas had a great chance to win his first Grand Slam against Djokovic back in 2021 in the French Open, where Tsitsipas did lead two sets to nothing, and then Djokovic woke up and beat him in five. I don't know if it counts anymore, though, because Djokovic doesn't remember it. I'm just kidding. But the point is, Tsitsipas has had a shot at Djokovic in a Grand Slam final before, had him on the ropes, and unfortunately let him off the hook. So going through the overall matches for Djokovic and for Tsitsipas leading up to this actual event. I'm going to get into the actual match in a second, but I do want to talk about the path that each player took here. So starting off with Djokovic, he ended up really having an easy go of it besides the injuries, but he even with the injuries, he's only dropped one set, beat Baina in straight sets, then lost one set to Kakaud, which was a shocker in that one, but still ended up winning the other two sets. He won the other three sets, losing a combined three games in those sets. So you had one randomly competitive set where Djokovic actually lost in a breaker, but he dominated the other three sets, and he also had some injury issues there. Then he beat Dimitrov in three, beat Diminor in three, beat Rublev in three, and beat Tommy Paul in three. As for Tsitsipas, he's had also a relatively easy go of it, but he did have a five-setter there against Sinner a couple rounds ago, which I mentioned before, where Sinner had 26 breakpoint chances and failed to convert on 22 of them. But to go through his matches, he ended up winning in straight sets against Hallis, won in straight sets against Hichikata. Shout out to Hichikata, by the way, for winning the Grand Slam doubles, uh, for winning the Australian Open doubles there. So he ended up bringing the title 
Uh, he kept the title in Australia because Kyrgios and Kokonakis won it last year. But shout out to him. Uh, to go through everything else, beat Greek Spore in straight sets. Then he had the five-setter against Sinner. Then he beat Lushika in three and beat Kashanov in four. So Tsitsipas has looked sharp, but he has had a couple of issues occasionally with the serve. But he has gone to four sets, at least four sets twice. Been to a decent amount of long sets, fair share of tiebreakers. So I do wonder if maybe he can steal a breaker against Djokovic. But Djokovic has definitely had an easier go of this event, despite the injury concerns. But to look at the actual money line and spread prices and total prices, Djokovic is a massive favorite. He's roughly minus 500. The over-under is 37.5. And the game spread is a Djokovic minus 5.5. At minus 125, and Sitsi Paz plus five and a half at plus 105. As for the sets, over three and a half sets is minus 140. So basically, Sitsi Paz to win a set is minus 140. Technically 165, but I think none of us are expecting Djokovic to lose in straight sets. So you might as well just take the three and a half instead if you think Sitsi Paz can break through. But before we actually get into anything involving my thoughts for the match, do you want to take a quick word? from our sponsors. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Game Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here, and it is currently Conference Championship weekend. A lot of chances to live bet and to put in some same-game parlays if you want to bet on those two football games. But they have great promos, odds, and payouts, which are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet so they know we send you. That's sportscampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping briefly the semifinal matchups as well as the sweeps that Sam and I had on our picks. Now it's time to get into the fun part, which is the reason why all of you are here. The predictions and the preview for the Australian Open final on the men's side. And I just mentioned the odds. I mentioned the total and the spread. Now it's time to mention my actual thoughts on how these guys match up. Djokovic is obviously the better player. He's, in my opinion, the best player of all time. He is now 10-0 in his career in Australian Open semis, and he is 9-0 in his career in Australian Open finals. So I'm not picking Tsitsipas to win. Hot take. I know, I'm joking. He's minus 500, Djokovic. So I'm not picking Tsitsipas to pull off an upset. However, I do think Tsitsipas can make Djokovic work in a decent amount of these sets, and I do think he could break into a potential fourth set in this match. I do think that Djokovic could, keyword could, lose a set here. I'm not picking an absolute murder. I think that this match will be competitive. The issue that I have with Tsitsipas is the fact that the serve, the first serve percentage can be a little bit inconsistent at times, but it's really the unforced errors with the one-handed backhand, which have plagued him in his career against Djokovic. And we know how fundamentally sound Djokovic is. We know how willing he is to rally and to really just drain the energy of his opponents relatively quickly. And I am concerned with Sitsipas's, I'd say, tendency to short-circuit at times mentally. 
that if Djokovic does end up breaking through and he wins the first set or two, I'm worried about Tsitsipas potentially imploding, and I'm worried about him letting one point, maybe one 40-50 shot rally, maybe on a break point, maybe a double fault. Something might linger and fester and result in a bunch of unforced errors and a bunch of mistakes, which are going to be basically because Paz won't be able to let go of anything that might not go his way early on. And I do think that if Paz does struggle and he ends up double faulting a couple times, or maybe he has an unlucky net cord situation, something very minor, which could potentially snowball into Paz really just getting into his own head. That's where Djokovic shines, and I do think that is where Paz might really fall apart. So I am concerned about that. I think that will happen at some point in this match where Djokovic has a moment where he really tests the mental resolve of Tsitsipas. And I think Tsitsipas is going to fail, in my opinion. But I do think Tsitsipas, with his ability to really showcase some serious skills in tie breaks so far in this event, and his ability overall to serve at a relatively solid clip for the entire tournament. I know Djokovic is a better returner than everyone he's faced, but still, if Tsitsipas can get the first serve working, I do think he can really limit Djokovic's chances in a set at least for the returns, and I think that Tsitsipas could take a set. But to go through the actual tiebreak numbers here, uh, looking at them, Tsitsipas has been very, very good in tiebreaks. He is, let me just pull up the exact the exact numbers here, uh, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. He's 4-1 and in tiebreakers. He's not as good as Tiafa was in the U.S. Open, but he's still doing a solid job there. And the one he lost was the third set against Kashanov, where he had two, set, he had two match points. So he could easily be 5-0 and in tiebreaks. Uh, Djokovic hasn't had many tiebreaks in this event. Uh, Djokovic has actually only had two he ended up going one and one. He lost the one to Kakad in the second round, and he beat Dimitrov in the first set of their match in a tie break. Even though Dimitrov, I believe, had I forgot if it was two set points in that breaker, or maybe it was three. I'm pulling it up, but the point is Djokovic has been a bit vulnerable in tiebreakers in this event. So I do think Sitsipaz definitely has the ability to take a set via tiebreak here. And that's really just a dream recipe for an over in this one, especially for a total of 37 and a half. And if you're going to get 13 games with a potential four sets, that's definitely a good combo if you want to take the over. And I think I'm actually leaning to the over. I really don't think Djokovic is going to mop the floor with him. I think he's going to win, but I do think Poss, who's been playing good tennis, who seems like he's really playing arguably the best tennis of his career, I think he's in a line to give Djokovic some problems, especially if Djokovic has some health concerns, which we saw at the end of the first set against Tommy Paul, where he lost four games in a row. And physically, he was shaking and some he had some light concerns there. So Djokovic, based on his performance against Paul, I still give him an A. I'll probably give him an A-. minus, But there were a couple health concerns there, which I want to keep an eye on. And all it takes is one slip-up for Paz to potentially steal a set. So... I think if I was grading both performances for the semis, I'd give both of them A-minuses. I thought Djokovic was great, but he had the serious choke job there at the first set. Now, he managed to overcome it, and he ended up winning the set anyway, but I give Djokovic an A-minus for his performance against Paul. Still face a bunch of break points. 
and did a good job fighting them off. But I do think Sitsipas can break Djokovic a couple of times, and that could result in Sitsipas taking a set. So if you're asking me my thoughts on this match, because I know a lot of you wanted me to stop stalling and to give up my picks, I will go with the over 37 and a half. Actually, no, I'll take 36 and a half because I see I see 37 and a half at minus 120. I see 36 and a half at minus 125. I'll easily sacrifice five cents for an extra game. So I'll take the over 36 and a half games. I think this will be competitive. And I don't really have any thoughts on the actual spread because I do think that Djokovic could win a set 6-2 if he breaks Sitsipas mentally and you see Sitsipas fall apart. So I'm not going to pick anything from a spread perspective. I think Sitsipas is capable of winning a set via tiebreak. And if that's the case, Djokovic just smacks him in in the other three sets and you still lose despite winning a set. So I do think at the end of the day, you're looking at a good opportunity for Sitsipas to make this a match, a competitive one, but he's not beating Djokovic in Australia. Djokovic in Australia is... I don't want to compare it to Rafa in Roland Garros, but it's honestly somewhat ballparkish. I think that Nadal in the French Open is something you'll never see again, just based on consistent domination. But it, I think it's closer than people think. Djokovic's ability to perform for hours on end while playing in really difficult climate in Australia is unparalleled. And that is something that he's worked on, whether it involves the hyperbolic chamber that he uses, uh, where he's able to kind of practice his overall, I'd say, oxygen conservation, if you want to put it that way, where he tries to prepare his lungs to, I'd say, thrive in less optimal breathing conditions And that has been a big reason why he's been so successful here in the past. And I think eventually Sitsipas is going to wear down. I think Sitsipas might start early, but I do think you'll end up seeing Djokovic win this match probably in four. Now, if I was going to actually put up a long shot prop on this match, I am trying to see what Djokovic 3-1 is, uh, if I can actually just pull that up. Uh, So Djokovic 3-1. I see plus 250. I could probably find a better price elsewhere, but that's currently the best price I see in front of me. 250 is not bad. I don't know if it's worth it. I was kind of hoping for something that's three to one related. I don't mind over three and a half sets at minus 140, but I do think Sitsi Paz will win a set, and I do think you'll end up seeing Djokovic win the match. So if you want to go Djokovic total games individually, you can get over 20 and a half as an option. And I see that currently available at minus 115. I think that's a pretty good option because if he wins three sets, that's 18 games minimum, potentially more if there's a breaker and he wins the breaker. And then he just has to win three games in the set he loses and he ends up getting there. Plus, you could also win if all three sets are tie breaks and he wins all three sets. So Djokovic over 20 and a half games, I like as a player, as a team total player prop there. I like the over in games and I like the over in sets of three and a half. But once again, Djokovic, too good in Australia. I think he's going to win. But I do think Sitsipas can give him a run for his money for a couple of sets, potentially. And I think eventually he's going to get worn down. So that's going to wrap it up for my thoughts on the actual preview. Now it's time to get into my favorite plays for this match in the lock and dog segment. Unfortunately, I'm trying to find a dog. I definitely see a lock that I'm going to go with, but for the dog, I am kind of on the fence here because I really don't see much that I like. 
I was hoping that I could get over half a tiebreak or just a tiebreaker in the match at plus money. It's at minus 135, and that's a little bit annoying. So I was hoping to get that. I am not going to be able to get that, so I'm going to have to get creative here with some of my uh, props here for the dog. But for my actual lock for this podcast, what do I want to take? Because I like the over, but I also am tempted by the sets of the total games for Djokovic. This is kind of tricky here. Um, you know what? The games might scare me a bit because Djokovic could win a set 6-1 or 6-2. So I think I'm just going to go a little bit bold here, and I'm just going to take Paz to win a set. I'm going to go with the over three and a half sets at minus 140. I think that Paz has played well enough to win a set off Djokovic, and Djokovic had a little bit of health concern there in that Tommy Paul match. If he has one brief moment there where he missteps or if the stamina potentially as a concern with dehydration. I do think that Tsitsipas can take advantage of a 15-minute window there where he could steal a set potentially. But give me the over three and a half sets at minus 140. I just don't see Tsitsipas getting destroyed here. I think this match will be competitive, and I'm going to bet it accordingly. So I'll take the over three and a half sets as my lock. And for my dog, what do I want to go with? Because I really don't see many tempting options here for a dog Unless I wanted to go Djokovic in four, but I don't think there's enough value at um, plus 250. Do I want to go Pass breaks at two and a half games? Like if it was one and a half at 150, I'd take it. Two and a half, I, I don't know if I can take two and a half. Like this is really difficult to find an actual uh, prop here. I thought about Pass double faults at three and a half. Uh, which I could potentially take at even money on the over, but I don't know how well I, I don't know how great I feel about that. Um, sorry, I'm I'm just trying to find something that I can use here. Um, what do I want to go with here? Um, let me see what I can get here. Sorry. Uh, once again, I'm just trying to piece something together here. Um, okay, do I see seven five seven six first set? No. Uh raced no. What do I want to go with? Sorry, once again, this it's pretty difficult to find on one match in particular a dog if you personally think that the double faults and the breaks of serve don't exactly possess much value. And there's no plus money on the aces prop, so I can't even take that as an option. Um Okay, uh, I think I'm going to end up going with the... Do I want to go Sitsipas double faults? I, I don't think I'm going to go with Sitsipas double faults, but I think I am going to go with Sitsipas breaks. You know what? Yeah, I'll go with it. Give me Sitsipas over two and a half breaks. I think he'll be able to make a pretty competitive match in terms of keeping Djokovic's service games being anything but comfortable. Sitsipas has been a pretty good returner so far in this event. He had... He gave Sinner some issues, he gave Leshika some issues, and he also was able to constantly get involved into uh, Kashanov's service games. I will admit, though, I don't exactly feel great about the over two and a half breaks, but I'm pretty limited on dogs here, so I think I'm just going to go with it and hope for the best. But I do think you'll end up seeing Paz get a fair share of breakpoint chances. I'm not sure if he's going to convert but if Tommy Paul got nine breakpoint chances, I think that you'll end up seeing Sissy Paz get at least eight. 
And I think that with eight, I'm hoping he ends up converting at roughly a 33% clip. He still might lose some sets. You might see Djokovic end up breaking him regularly. But I do think Sitsipas can take advantage of Djokovic's second serve and maybe a little bit of a an issue physically with Djokovic as the match progresses. But my lock for this podcast is going to be the over three and a half sets at minus 140. And my dog will be Sitsipas over two and a half breaks of serve at even money. It could go horribly wrong. Djokovic could just steamroll him and win in straight sets. But I'm going to go where I think the value is, and that's going to be my picks. But once again, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. Uh, you can find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, obviously, and also occasionally on the PropCast, etc. But thank you for stopping by uh, and checking out this podcast. Leave us a review if you enjoy it. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy the content of this podcast. Truth is, even if you hate the podcast, just let us know. Give us some feedback. Let us know what we can work on or if you liked it the way it is. But other than that, though, until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.